We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Honestly, uh, but they 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 need to uh, make sure they make it out of the first round, and then uh, then we can really talk. So uh, that that's like a conversation for another time. Like, but I would love I would love to see him at the end of the day. Uh, got respect for Mike Tumlin and everything he's done, but at the end of the day, I would love to welcome them uh, back back to the bank. But they got they got their hands filled uh, this weekend, so hopefully they can uh, say they look forward to next week. As heard from our guy, Roquan Smith, last week, Sarah, and as much as he tried to will that thing into existence, it ain't going to happen. The Steelers are one and done in the wild card round. They lose up in western New York to the Buffalo Bills. And so all of a sudden, not only are the Ravens obviously atop the conference, but they're the last one standing in the AFC North with all three teams outside of Baltimore no longer being in play. So welcome in a little impromptu live stream here on, on Monday night, the 15th, here of January as we are officially in the divisional round week here as the Ravens get ready and everything's set now, right? They got the Houston Texans coming to town. Mark your plans and calendars accordingly. Saturday, it's a 4.30 kickoff and tonight's live stream is brought to you by our friends at Thoroughbred Sedan Van and Bus LLC. And here you have it, Sarah. It's, it's certainly not the same Houston team that we covered and watched, um, you know, grow throughout the season, but the one that we watched week one so you, you get the sense this is going to be a good one, but no more Pittsburgh. And, man, just for the storyline, for Roquan's sake, I was kind of wishing that was the matchup for a third time, but not so much. Well, I wanted it too. I think I've made that clear. Um, that being said, I mean, I tweeted just a few minute, moments ago by Steelers, and uh, I guess there's a lot of Steelers people following me these days because they weren't happy and let me know that – they are 2-0 against the Ravens, so feel free to put that in your trophy case. Uh, <laughs> pin it up there, and uh, we'll say goodbye to you, and then we'll say hello to the divisional round where the, where the Steelers will not be, but instead the Ravens will meet the Houston Texans. As Roquan said, the Steelers had their hands full, and they, they just couldn't make it to it. So uh, this is going to be a great matchup, Bobby. Great matchup. Looking forward to this. We've got a rookie sensation, and I mean a rookie sensation, in C.J. Stroud. Uh, can't hate on anything that he's done this season. 
Uh, and then you've got him up against the MVP, probably the two-time MVP, Lamar Jackson. Um, as you mentioned off the top, Ravens beat this team 25 to nine week one, right? And as you mentioned, as many people have mentioned, the Texans are not the same team as they were in week one. Obviously not, not brand new head coach, <clears throat> rookie quarterback, everything kind of coming together for them. So everybody's been talking about that, but don't forget the Ravens are a very, very different team. Also, while it wasn't a brand new head coach, it was a brand new offensive system. It was the first time Lamar Jackson was running that offensive system. It was also the first time Lamar Jackson was coming back from injury when he had gotten knocked out the season previous. Uh, Marlon Humphrey was missing. Uh, four, four Ravens were injured in that game. So listen, there are... Uh, on both sides, these are two totally different teams, um, and I'm looking forward to this. I think that, again, as long as the Ravens bring their A game, I've been saying this really for weeks now, as long as the Ravens bring their A game, I believe they can beat any team in the NFL, including this Houston Texans team. Vegas thinks so as well this upcoming weekend. We'll get to that in just a second. Ravens lead the all-time series against the Texans, 10-2, and two, pretty dominant record there. They've never lost to Houston at home, and they're 7-0, and uh, to be exact, against the Texans inside the bank. So that's what's coming up. Again, it's Saturday, not Sunday. If the Steelers had won, it was going to be a Sunday primetime matchup. Now it's a 4.30 kickoff on Saturday. It's going to be an ESPN-ABC broadcast. So that's that. And as far as Vegas is concerned, they've opened up as 9.5-point favorites have the Ravens over the Texans, according to DK Sportsbook. And you might remember, that's the exact same spread for week one. So we'll see if, and they, they did cover that game as well. So we'll have to see uh, they, you like, like you said, they, they won handily. And that was actually a game that they lost. You got to remember all the way back. They lost one of those four players that you mentioned was JK Dobbins to that Achilles injury season ending. Yeah. So uh, both teams, very, very different, but this is a team that uh, is playing fearless. No question. And we're going to have a chance to catch up with John McLean as we did week one, long time NFL reporter, down there in Houston. He's going to come on for our official game preview episode. Was just texting back and forth with him. So we'll have that released by drive time on Thursday. Uh, so a couple of things from that 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 first game, just because I know this is the talking point about how much these two teams have changed. Lamar Jackson in that game, <clears throat> 17 of 22 for 169 yards, one interception, four sacks, one fumble loss, then six rushes for 38 yards. That, that was a performance you would – you know, somewhat expect in a brand new offense. That was not the MVP we saw down the stretch in December. So that'd be different. But I do want to say this, as confident as I am in the Ravens, and I am very confident, you never can overlook your opponent. And then I do want to give CJ Stroud his due here. He just finished up a divisional, or excuse me, a wild card game against the Browns, who were one of the best defenses of this season, right up there with the Ravens, right? Top five. Easily top five, maybe top three. Um, so against the Browns, he put up an NFL rookie quarterback record in the playoffs with three passing touchdowns, and he's the youngest quarterback to win a playoff game. Ever. Uh, Ever. In yeah. the history of the NFL. Ever. So, you know, you don't wanna you don't wanna look past that. You don't wanna look, you don't wanna look past that they have a coach in D'Amico Ryan's that's, you know, in the running to be the coach of the year. Um, so you don't want to look past any of that. 
Um, at the same time, Ravens will have Marlon back. We'll see what's going on with Mark Andrews. Um, we'll go through the injury report, but Marcus Williams went out during that first game. Ronnie Stanley went out during that first game. And like you said, J.K. Dobbins went out during that first game. So just just um, just going to be a blast to kind of like look through what how how much these teams, we're kind of hitting on it here, but how much each one of them has changed. And and I I just think it's important that you, as confident as you are, you got to find that balance. You go in confident. You welcome anybody in. It's it's Roquan Smith. We'll tell the security. We'll lock the doors. We'll tell the security guards when they can open up the gates. You have that mentality. At the same time, you take your opponent seriously. And here's the thing, Bobby. I just feel like this deep this this Texans offense can easily be made one-dimensional. One and that's what the Ravens always want to start with. Roquan has told us that before. They just haven't had much of a ground game. So that makes them one-dimensional. And once you can make them one-dimensional, then you can start teeing off and confusing C.J. Stroud. I think that's that's kind of what they want to do defensively. And then offensively, I just can't wait to see what Munkin and all the and Lamar has has put together. I'm, with, with Lamar coming up with little things like – backing up and 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 setting up as a lefty and then flipping righty like who knows who knows what they're going to unleash in the playoffs but i i just i can't i'm and i'm happy that it's saturday quite frankly because a the game gets here sooner as it's been it'll have almost been three weeks to have a meaningful game and then b they'll have an extra day because the next game will be on a sunday so that'll give them an extra day to prepare for that this is great for the city too assuming they win yeah right assuming they win it's so so great for the city you know, everything's set in stone now you can make your plans accordingly you know, it's it's sure not a prime time game, but hey, it's still probably going to be dark just a couple minutes after kickoff this time of year, right? So it's going to feel like one when it's all said and done. It's going to be on ESPN, of course, nationally televised. And Houston comes in with we've already mentioned their names, but probably the coach of the year in D'Amico mm-hmm. and the offensive rookie of the year in CJ. So they're they're just playing fearlessly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and no doubt, like the Ravens didn't play their best game in week one and they still trounced them 25 to nine. It's almost as if you have to throw that out because of how different right. these two teams are. Here's a look at what's going on elsewhere in the divisional round as well. And there will be elite quarterback matchups, Lamar versus CJ. And then for the first time in his career, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to go chase a Lombardi outside of Arrowhead. So the Bills are going to host Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs next weekend. And between these two games, boy, <laughs> a couple great matchups. I just hope it didn't it doesn't disappoint like Wild Card Weekend did. I mean, Rams Lions was great, yeah. but other than that, it it was honestly kind of a lukewarm Super Wild Card Weekend, which is supposed to be insane. It really wasn't. Well, like there were a couple teams where it just felt like, and this is what happens when you change it to where seven teams from each conference get in. Like there's just a couple teams that just really aren't necessarily playoff worthy playoff caliber. You know what I mean? They make it in, but you make it in with, with a lesser record. And I definitely think Steelers were one of those teams. Like they were very, they benefited from the Ravens not playing their stars week 18. And that's what helped propel them there. This is going to be Patrick Mahomes, by the way, first road playoff game in his career. So that'll be interesting to see him have to travel over to Buffalo rather than vice versa. And then in terms of Houston, here's how the Ravens have been approaching it. John Harbaugh said, as soon as that they as soon as they saw the Texans won, they went to work. Okay, good to see everybody. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we are deep in the uh, preparations 
Uh, last week, we spent time on all four of the potential teams doing the preliminary work, a lot of film study, a lot of analytics, things like that. Uh, since then, uh, since um, Houston won, we have been dialed in on Houston uh, since the end of that game till, till now, continuing uh, till about 7.30 tonight. And then we'll see if we have to uh, pivot to Pittsburgh. So that's where we're at with that. What questions do you have? Okay, so Sarah, it's 8.27 right now. So hopefully they're 57 minutes into more, well, not having to divvy up anything, right? Full, solely focused on the Houston Texans rather than Pittsburgh. <laughs> they're all in. That was smart of them to, to go that, that way. There's, I mean, why lose the days on it? So they've had um, plenty, they'll have plenty of time to be looking at them. And then one update from Houston uh, earlier today was the, the team announced that they placed uh, wide receiver Noah Brown on the injured reserve list. So as Ryan Mink noted, the Texans are led by Nico Collins there in the wide receiver core. He put up, uh, he put up almost 1,300 yards this season, but then it's Noah Brown and Tank Dell who are the next two on the list in terms of wide receivers, and now they're both on injured reserve. So that's where they're at, going to be looking for some of their depth to step up against the Ravens. So uh, C.J. Stroud is going to have to lift up some players around him. Tank's a dude. Mm-hmm. Tank is a dude. So that's, yeah, this is this is stuff we're going to dive into more so with John McClain, like I said, later on this week. And, and how about John Harbaugh, yeah. what he had to say in week one. And I remember this too. Like he went out of his way in the postgame press conference to say, like this, well, here's the quote. Ryan Mink transcribed it. Like I've said this, I've said this before about certain teams early in the season. They're going to win a lot of football games this year. Mark it down. You'll see. That's a good young football team, and that's exactly what they ended up evolving into under first year head coach and first year quarterback. Like it, 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 it's pretty inspiring what they were able to do in in this kind of turnaround that they've been on. Let's not forget where they were a year ago, like the pits of the NFL. You know, kind of living in, in the aftermath of, wow, we don't have Deshaun Watson anymore. Like, what is our future? What, who is our quarterback? Well, they picked the right guy because with all due respect to Bryce Young, I hope, I hope his career is – he's able to turn it around. And, and sometimes you are – you become where you get drafted to be, right? Like, there has to be so many pieces around you and, and everything has to go right to have such a successful start like, like CJ has – but man, can you imagine if they had gone? And who knows? Maybe, maybe the organizational structure is better than than well, definitely is better than, especially at the top ownership wise, than what they have in Carolina, in my opinion. But but think about that one and two, right? The um, CJ and Bryce could not be, or it went vice versa. Bryce then CJ could not. It's more night and day between those two and what they ended up being in their rookie years. Yeah. No. No. CJ is like one of those that just. Uh... Uh, like I said, he's, he's among, he's on, among the best in terms of, of rookie, rookie years. And for some reason, this uh, slide isn't looking <laughs> like it should. So I'll, I'll read it from, from elsewhere. So if you're wondering where the Ravens, or if you're not wondering, but just to kind of put in context of how good the Ravens are compared to the competition that's out there, the Ravens have played three of now the divisional round teams, three of them. And the Ravens beat all three with a combined margin of 96 to 34. Jonah Schaefer uh, put that out this evening. So 
they beat the Texans, as we know, 25 to 9. Lions, 38 to 6. And the 49ers, 33 to 19. So the Chiefs and the Bills are the other two that are in. Ravens, if they advance past year, we only have to face one of them. But it's one of the reasons why you can feel so confident about the Ravens at this point is because look how they demolish so many teams that have made it to this, um, you know, hard to get to divisional round. Yep. Shout out Ing, our guy Ing Raven. In the, in the YouTube content space, of course, we had him on uh, to kick things off last Thursday for our inaugural State of the Ravens. Go Ravens, go Vault, go home, go home, Texans. I see what you did there, Ing. Appreciate you and uh, keep crushing it. I know it's going to be an exciting week in the content space, so make sure you guys go check out what Ing's got coming up over the next few days. Hopefully we can collaborate again before this postseason run is all said and done. I see a lot of people talking about rust, and that will be discussed again this week leading up to the weekend, whether you like it or not. I thought Ken McCusick made a, an astute observation on Twitter related to this conversation, and I think you had that. Here it is. Let's go ahead and hide Ing for a second. So um, he calls it biphobia, which I find to be entertaining there. <laughs> I like that, biphobia. So concerning the Ravens fans who have that, this made-up thing that, well, actually, it's probably not made up. I, I do like the term, though. The, the term is made up. The, the concept, probably not. That's a real thing that this, some of this fan base is dealing with. Anyway, how resting starters worked for the other teams on Saturday. Just the, the philosophy, like the strategy in, involved. The Browns rested a good portion of their starters, the regular season finale, and lost. As we know, we've covered that. The Texans played and played their starters week 18 and won. The Dolphins played the regular season finale and lost. The Chiefs decided to rest the regular season finale and won. And to me, they're the outlier here because of the experience. But I, I like the exercise here. And it, as he says, this is there's an already an example for each narrative, Sarah. Well, and if you go back and look at the history of it, it really is 50-50. It, it, which, which, to me, which to me means that the rest isn't really the reason why, why people lose or playing them isn't the reason why people lose. It's 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 coming out to show that it's like you just have to beat the opponent in front of you. There is there is absolutely yeah. no evidence that one way or the other is the absolute right way to go. It's about 50-50 going back. I'm sure you remember I read an ESPN article on it. And we've referenced it here before, but it goes back, I mean, several, several, several years, maybe decades, that it's like there's no clear historic answer of which one is better, which means to me it's just it ends up being usually the best team wins. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's what happened this weekend. Before we continue on with the conversation, as you heard at the top, this live stream is brought to you by our friends at Thoroughbred Sedan Van and Bus LLC. And they want to know, do you need a ride to BWI? Maybe Dulles or Reagan. Perhaps you're getting married. You need guest shuttles. Please call our friends over at Thoroughbred, Baltimore's most reliable and affordable ground transportation provider. Uh, they're safer than rideshare mobile apps. Drivers are professional. They're background screened and vehicles remain meticulously detailed. You've probably seen them around the Beltway, maybe at a Ravens or Orioles game. If you're interested, you think you might be a good fit for what they provide, book your next ride with Thoroughbred. You can check out their user-friendly booking website by going to our show notes below or www.ridethoroughbred.com. Where to next, partner? Well, I think we can probably uh, start catching up on uh, John Harbaugh had his press conference uh, this afternoon ahead of this uh, Steelers um, Bill's game. And, um, 
we can kind of start with, let me see here, let me move over to the, the videos here. So first off, obviously he was asked about um, injuries. So some of the key ones that we're going to be watching for is a flowers this week. Um, uh, we probably should get, actually, yeah, we'll get an injury report Tuesday because they should, now that it's a Saturday game, they move the week all a day earlier. So Wednesday pressures and practice are now going to be Tuesday, Thursdays, which is when we usually get coordinators should now be Wednesday. And then um, John Harbaugh does a final one on Friday. That should be our last injury report. So we should get an injury report Tuesday. So we're going to be looking for Zay, who's got that calf, Odafe Owe, Marlon Humphrey, and then Mark Andrews. Um, we'll kind of see where they're at. But he was asked specifically about Zay. He didn't specifically answer about Zay. He talks about injuries more in general. Yeah, we're pretty optimistic about everybody. And then uh, varying degrees of optimism with certain guys. And uh, it really, I mean, it's just like any week, you just have to see it unfold. I mean, some guys are good to go. Other guys um, are going to be more day by day. So, all right, okay. optimistic, but obviously isn't trying to give anything away. Uh, he was also asked about, as we know, they had stadium practice. The media was not there. It was on Saturday. Uh, so he was asked about that practice and what it did for the team. I thought it was really good, Jerry. I mean, we had uh, an hour and a half practice. Uh, you know, we were running around fast, timing, execution, good spirits. It was cold and windy, uh, and we had a sense of the stadium. I think it was good to get in there psychologically, you know, just to feel that. You know, just even driving down to the stadium, you kind of felt like, oh, it's like a game, you know, because that's what we do. We drive to the stadium for our home games. All of that, to me, helped us stay kind of uh, psychologically in the right place. I like that. I like that a lot because this speaks to what we discussed these last couple of weeks, just keeping up with a routine. Like, man, we are we are creatures of habit, aren't we? Like, human beings are creatures of habit. And so when you stick to your routine, there's a sense of normalcy. There's a sense of consistency. And it looks like that they, you know, mission accomplished for that. So now you go back to this week. It's a normal one, sort of. I mean, it's a Saturday game. So maybe there's a sense of urgency just in terms of, their planning and, and their, their practice time and just the way things are scheduled. But, but this to me is good. Keep it, keep it normal. Keep, keep that flow, keep that rhythm and go into this weekend and do what you couldn't do four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm kind of, I, I feel like the more and more I hear about rust and being concerned over it, the more annoyed I get, Bobby. I'm, I'm just I like, can tell. I can oh. tell. I, I brought it up to like, you know, talk about a, a topic, and I just hurt. Almost could feel you scoffing out of <laughs> out of my my peripheral vision. <laughs> Scoff is exactly the word because yes, I do agree that there's like a rhythm to it for sure, but it's a mindset. Anybody that listened to Roquan Smith when he was on our show last week. You don't have to worry about rust with this man. It is a, it is, and if he is the leader of the team, then you don't have to worry about it with the team. It's like, get in there. He says he doesn't care about 2019. Lamar obviously remembers it because he was a part of it. It's like, get that out of here. In fact, we'll get to it later. But Patrick Queen, he even like tweeted at people because they were tweeting at him during the, the, the Cowboys game. And they were like, don't let this happen to you. And he's like, will you stop tweeting this to me? He's like, go watch a movie or something. Like, just get out of here, you know? It's just like, I, I just, I can't stand the fear. All it is is fear, 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 fear. Oh, I'm, sc I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. Like, 
get out there and do it. Get out there and do it. And here's what's great. And this was probably the quote of the um, press conference was John Harbaugh talking about the mindset of this team. Here we go. I just think and believe, I believe that this is one of the most connected teams I've ever been around, you know, and I think it starts with the fact that I really believe they love one another. You know, I think they have a, a, a kind of a spiritual connection that uh, runs through the whole team. I think the guys, I, you can just tell when a group of people like being around one another, like working together, trust one another, believe in one another, and, uh, and want to see everybody succeed. You know, the idea that if one of us succeeds, we all succeed. I, I see that with this group as much or more than any other team that I've been around in, you know, 40-plus years of coaching. So uh, that's, that's a real, real joy to be around. And it's a reflection of all the people that are involved. It's a reflection of all the different individuals that go up to make the, the group, the culture, whatever you want to call it, the environment, um, the worldview that they take on the challenges that are in front of them. And, and I'm just, I'm, I admire everybody in, in those seats that sit right there in our team meeting. I admire every single person sitting in those seats. So that reminded me, Bobby, back in August, Josina Anderson, who's been on the show, visited the Ravens. And I believe it was at, yeah, it was at one of the preseason games. And she comes out of that game and she's, and she tweets the following. It says all the way back in August 30th. Last year, I covered the Eagles a lot. Very early, I sensed a different energy in that locker room. The chemistry of talent and personalities woven together there is just so well-balanced. From the leaders, alphas to the lighthearted, that similar tapestry is harvesting in Baltimore. <laughs> Man, <laughs> she that is back in awesome. August. And, and it's not just John Harbaugh saying it there. Like, you can see, he's saying it's the, it's the, one of the, either the closest or tied for the closest in 40 years of coaching. And you see it everywhere you look. When Zay Flowers is on the Pivot podcast and he's talking about how tight everybody is in the wide receiver room, how how the wide receivers hold each other accountable and be like, yo, you should have caught that. Or they'll go up to Lamar and be like, Lamar, you missed me. And Lamar's like, I got you, I got you. Or Lamar will go up to somebody and say, hey, you should have had that, you know? Or with the way Roquan was on our show and he tells us about that viral moment, right, on the, on the sideline where he's like, hey, I'm going to keep the D going. We're going to get you the ball. I'm going to hold them accountable. And I know you're going to do the same on the offense. Like it, like OBJ, who just was on Marlon Humphrey's Punchline podcast, like he, he, he has said that this is the best team he's ever been on. So what John's saying right there, you know it's not coach speak because we have been seeing it, including Josina, since August 30th. And now is the time. Now is the time to bring it all together. This is where the fruits must... The trees must bear its fruit because now Houston Texans and the Ravens are 0-0. That's all that matters right now. They are 0-0. So now's the time to bring that all together Saturday at 4.30. Josina, cannot wait to retweet that. That is aging like fine wine. That is a that is the opposite of a freezing cold take. Right? Yes. There's not going to be any receipts. There's going to be only positive receipts that are pulled on that one. Yeah. regardless of what happens because they ran the table for the major for the majority of this season in the AFC. And now we'll have to see what they got left in the tank over the next month or so. February 11th is Super Bowl 58 in Vegas. And you mentioned that o Odell Beckham Jr. interview. We should probably cut to that. Our, our friend Jack Settlement, of course, hosts that with Marlon Humphrey on the Punchline podcast. And this was a big get for them. 
OBJ has not done a whole lot of media since coming to Baltimore outside of the team obligated things. So they sat down and he talked about his Ravens future. Remember the big news from last week broke by Ravens salary cap analyst, uh, Brian McFarland is that those void years, which high, very, very uncharacteristic of the Ravens when they did sign him, the fact that they were tied in, which is essentially kicking the cash down the line. Uh, those are no longer. And now the Ravens have a lot more flexibility than they did prior uh, for the 2024 league year. And given that every single year on Lamar's five-year deal gets trickier and trickier if you're a GM when it comes to limitations and cap space and flexibility, that is very important. So anyway, long story short, here he is on his immediate future in Baltimore now that his first regular season with the Ravens is complete. I'll be honest, I don't – if – if it was, you know, we finished what we need to do, like, I don't think I'd really want to, you know, be anywhere else. Like, it was, it was that, it was that Home. good to me. Home. For sure. Like, it was, it was honestly that good to me. Uh, I think, obviously, finishing it would make it that much, that much, much sweeter. Golly. For sure. Ooh. <laughs> Listen, I don't know why, like, he, so basically he's saying, can't, tell me if I'm wrong. Basically, he's saying, if we win the Super Bowl, I don't want to be anywhere else. That's what that's what he's saying. I'm just saying, what if it's like like AFC Championship? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I want to know. I want to know why why it has to be one way or the other. But I do I do love continuing. Right? Like Marlon Humphrey is cracking me up. He's like home, home, and OBJ's like, well, yeah, feels like home. You know, <laughs> uh, love that. So we'll see. It's hard to know. It's hard to put too much stock in any of this, though, Bobby. This is so far down the line. Who knows what's going to happen? He's going to be a free agent. Who knows what he's going to be offered? Who knows if he's going to want to test the market? So I like, I do like that he's obviously enjoyed his time here. It's not like he's been here a year and been like, okay, that was a mistake. He's obviously enjoying it. So there, that's that's got, you know, that's good news. But I still don't put much weight in that. I think there's a lot that has to go down. Yeah, and, and you have to, I think, when you have the OBJ conversation, which is really a one for another day, but because this is now, we're playing it for you, so we're not going to spend a ton of time on it. Just, I mean, the interview went live this morning, so we, we wanted to at least address it. And to me, you have to look past sort of the underwhelming stats, right? And when I say underwhelming, I, I mean that when I – knowing what he was signed for, right? It was $15 million guaranteed with up to $18 million in incentives, which were not reached. And so when you look past that, and you look at the layers that was Odell in Baltimore as a veteran presence in the locker room, as somebody who was an uplifting presence for a young wide receiver room, as somebody who came up with some pretty dang timely plays at times, clearly got his, his legs from underneath him. He's back in the NFL. The comeback has been complete, right? Like there are layers to this from a, um, from a ticket sale standpoint and notoriety and everything that comes with the icon that is OBJ. I think there's a lot of benefits to him having been here. And I think there is a conversation for, for beyond this season. I don't know what that looks yeah. like financially, but what, what I do know is I would love to see them. And you kind of suggested this last week. I, or at least I think this is what you were getting at. I want to see them continue to, to take stab after stab at putting more playmaking ability around Lamar. And I think that comes in the form of a big body true X wide receiver, whether that be through free agency or in the draft. Keep taking those swings and, and keep stacking talent around him. I don't know if Nelson Aguilar is going to be back next year. He's certainly served more 
than past um, wide receivers have as that that team friendly veteran guy, right? Like he to me, he's been a lot more than what they've had in that role in the past. Uh, but man, I, I would love for them to just continue continue to stack. Would love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on that train. And I declared that since talking to Steve Young and him talking about how absolutely important it is to uh, keep him surrounded by um, high-quality um, weapons. Bobby, I haven't seen this yet, but I just pulled it in because it <laughs> uh, apparently Mike Tomlin at the press conference uh, was asked uh, about him just having a single year remaining on his contract. By Brooke Pryor, who is – a friend of the show. We just had her on okay. during the regular season finale and uh, she covers the Steelers for ESPN. So, okay. So she asked it. Okay. Here's, here's his response. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> yeah, he's done. He's done with this season. I don't know if he's done in Pittsburgh. I was gonna say, what do you mean he's done? I think he's obviously done with the press conference, but not done he, in Pittsburgh. I would be right. shocked. I would be shocked if he's done in Pittsburgh. Look, the the bottom line is they're they're gonna have they're gonna have a quarterback competition next summer in Pittsburgh. I think it's Kenny Pickett's job to lose, being that he is their guy. He's supposed to be their franchise guy, but Mason at least showed you that he deserves the respect enough to have a competition next summer. I think Kenny ultimately wins that. But they need to, they need to bring in more competition. I'm sorry. Well, sure, sure. They yeah. still have him in the building right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. And and to, to Tomlin's credit, um, when I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, I do not see a playoff team. The fact that he was able to get them into the playoffs is – somewhat of a miracle to me because they again watching them all season they didn't they didn't feel like one and again they did beat the Ravens that first time around they needed several drops 
including in the end zone, but that's for them. And then they needed the, the stars not to be there the second time, you know, when, when they came into our trap with, with, <laughs> you know, our stars not guarding the trap, but, uh, but to his credit, if I'm the Roonies, uh, I'm like, this guy kept us together when we really didn't have the talent. Uh, and he still got us into the playoffs. So, Hey, we should um, note just in case we should note, I think that may have been an NFL network clip that you just pulled in. So if by the time you're watching this, there was just a glitch. Here's what we just showed. Mike Tomlin went up to the post-game press conference after losing to the Bills, and Brooke Pryor of ESPN asked him about the fact that there's one year left on his deal, meaning going into next year, if there isn't an extension, he'd be a lame duck coach, essentially going into the final year of his deal. And as soon Brooke couldn't even get the question out of her mouth, and he left the podium. Yeah. Just well, let me just say this. If the NFL puts a copyright on that, a presser, a presser. This wasn't game footage. If they put a copyright on that, I'm going to be ticked. See, that's that's the well, NFL Network's owned by the NFL, obviously. But but that is yeah, whatever. It's it's a NFL presser? Network clip. Yeah, Come every, on. Every, every, everything. That's why whenever we put Good Morning Football content up, as everybody gets taken into the behind the scenes here. Um, so whenever we put up Good Morning Football content, that's airs on NFL Network, which is why we have to slap a graphic on it over the yeah. audio. But it's a presser. Ridi- it's ridiculous. It's a presser. I know. A show I, I get. It's a presser. I know. I know. All right, whatever. I'm with you. We'll find I'm out. Yep. Okay, how about the roster moves made on Monday? Because this is going to be really interesting. So Field Yates noted that uh, the Ravens waived Laquan Treadwell, who was brought up to the 53 for the regular season finale against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And then they placed defensive back to Marion Pepe Williams. Very disappointing year for him, unfortunately, availability-wise, on injured reserve. So at some point this week, you have to activate two players for those open roster spots. Field noted that kind of the two big names that are in the equation here, Mark Andrews and Dalvin Cook could be those two. But one thing to note is that Dalvin has three remaining, as a, as a practice squad player, he's got three remaining game day activations. So if they were to activate Mark Andrews and perhaps Devin Duvernay, to give the return, you know, the return game a boost, or if they feel like, you know what, Mark needs another week, we're going to go Devin and our Darius Washington, who's now within his return window eligibility. Then you could say, all right, hey, we're going to dress Dalvin, we're going to activate him on game day, and you don't have to use that roster spot if you want, if you definitely want two of the three between Andrews, um, Ardarius, and who's my third, Devin Duvernay. Right. So, what? How do you think this plays out? Yeah, I don't think it would be used on Dalvin Cook. I don't know why you I don't know why you would. I mean, he's got three activations and there's three games left, assuming that the Ravens make it to the Super Bowl. Divisional round, conference championship round, and then the Super Bowl. So there wouldn't be a need per se to take a fifty three man spot. Right. I'd be surprised if Mark were ready, only because they activated him kind of later in the week. Uh who was earlier in the week? Was it Ardarius? Or was it, or was it Devin? Devin? Devin was at the beginning of the week. Mark was at the end. And was our Darius so, Washington last week? Our Darius was the week prior. I want to say. Yeah. 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 So to me, it might be to me it might be our Darius and Devin Duvernay. Uh, just because I would be surprised if Mark were ready for the divisional round. I mean, obviously, I'd be happy for it. Yeah. Um, but that would be that would be my guess. Would be those two, but. You know, Field Yates, he broke, he, he, you know, who knows? Maybe he's got connections. I don't know. But 
it would actually, I would actually be the two guys not on his list here that I would say is more likely to be activated, but we'll find out later this week. The one guarantee you would think, just thinking logically, is that Dalvin's they're gonna they're gonna use him for what he is right now, and he's a practice squad player. So why would you why would you not use that right that you have on game day? Exactly. You know, with with potentially three more games this season, that's a no brainer. Yeah, total no brainer. So absolutely. After that, gonna be a roster crunching thing and availability wise and injury concerns and and you know all that between Devin, Ardarius, and Mark. So some interesting configurations to to speak of over the next couple of days because that well, that probably won't be announced till later in the week you would think right um, no no way those typically no happen on saturdays first for sunday games so correct so i so yeah. i imagine that the it's usually saturday at four because that's like the last moment you can do it and my guess is for a saturday game they move that to friday at four yeah okay this was that funny tweet that you mentioned from PQ. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody kind of getting all over him and his mentions after Dallas just – I mean, you want to talk about laying an egg? That's exactly what the Dallas Cowboys did over the weekend. What a disappointment for America's team. Come on, man. And it gave Stephen wow. A. Smith that that classic bit that he does. He just goes nuts when the Cowboys lose and underperform. And that is something that they've done in the postseason time and time and time again this century. I so, PQ – Sends a message out and says, please stop tweeting at me saying, don't let that happen to us. Go watch a movie or something. <laughs> Too funny. It really is. It's funny because there really are narratives out there for teams that you don't watch that often. I really have not watched Dak much this often, but it's like it's like when he you do get a chance to on these big stages, it, it's just like it's it, it doesn't he doesn't step up to what everybody's saying that they're seeing him play you know it just like on these big big stages which brings me to this tweet that made me absolutely laugh out loud from our guy skeptic goat who we've had on the show before um as we all know all really december or the end of december richard sherman has been one of the outspoken media members who have said that lamar jackson is not deserving of the mvp and he has said it because it's because it's the stats. He says, I'm a stats guy, stats guy, stats guy. We've consistently been on the position that like, you know, stats, it's not like they're meaningless, but they're also not everything. And so Skeptic Goat gave a very good uh, tweet to kind of demonstrate this. And he writes, this is after the Dallas Cowboys loss. He goes, Richard Sherman is somewhere looking at Dak's 403 yards and three touchdowns trying to figure out how they lost. And if you watched that game, you know that the vast majority of that came in garbage time when they were down by like, I mean, it was crazy. What, what well, they the down Packers like? just like, look, well, like we're going to try and let them do what they want. So the clock just starts to run. Like we have that healthy of a lead Yeah. that we're just going to kind of sit back. And yeah, they, maybe they did get a little lackadaisical towards the end there, but it was that much of a route. Like this was a joke. It if the was, Cowboys didn't score at the end of the first half, it was going to be an it already was an embarrassment. Yeah. It was it was by far the most dominating win of the wild card round. And so I just thought that was hilarious from Skep to just be like, and this is why it can't be all stats because they are extremely deceiving. And so I can't tell you after 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 it was announced that Lamar was the all pro quarterback. Well, obviously we don't have the, the um, votes yet for, for MVP, but if the all pro votes were any indication, he got 45 out of 50. 
And I think Dak got, it was either one or two. And uh, so many Cowboys fans were upset. And, you know, I don't hate it. I appreciate you going hard for your quarterback. Like, I, I don't have any hate for that. But it's like, but now do you see? Now, like, everybody's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, why is it only what happens down the stretch? And it's like, December games are kind of the biggest deal. Like, and when you're playing against these, these, these teams that are all playoff teams and you beat them all and Lamar's like the biggest reason for it, that's why. That's, you have to watch the games and you have to know the context. That's why. Meanwhile, Dak did not do that in December, and then he clearly did not do that in January. And it's it's no hate over there. It's just an explanation of why Lamar is deserving of the MVP. Tell you what, too, I was looking at the other side of things, too, to, to think about what Matt LaFleur just did who this, with essentially who's a rookie quarterback since he's been waiting in the wings for so long after Aaron, you know, behind Aaron Rodgers. Like what Jordan Love did over the weekend was super impressive. And, and Green Bay... I mean, they dominated in the trenches. They dominated with with time of possession and, and just the way that they controlled that football game from start to finish. It was super impressive, and that's a heck of a coaching job out there. This There are some really young and up-and-coming coaches. I know Matt's been around for a long time in Green Bay, but you think about what D'Amico Ryans is doing and just how young some of these guys are. Like It, it is really cool to see the way that this, this coaching industry is – is is shaken out across the NFL. And and speaking of the industry, more from a front office standpoint, the Panthers are interviewing Chiefs VP of football operations, Brant Tillis, and Ravens VP of football administration, Nick Mateo. And this was earlier in the week, or was this on Monday, for their vacant general manager opening. So we've seen Nick's name in a few of these different conversations for various vacancies across the across the league. So not only the the coaching staff, but some in the front office potentially getting plucked as well. Yeah, yeah, we've been on top of this all the way. It's it's definitely there's going to be some missing pieces, and the Ravens are just going to have to reload. Yeah, there's no there's no way. Just come to terms with it now, everybody. There's no way that this staff is going to be intact uh, in twenty twenty. You know, the fall twenty twenty four, the way it is right now, which is like most years, but this year feels a little bit different. All right. Just one call to action before we jump, because anything, I'm just feeling adrenaline right now. And this is why I tweeted this before I came out, because I'm starting to realize that not only is the bank going to be popping, but this week for content, we are going to leave no stone left unturned. Okay. We've got John McClain coming up longtime Houston Texan reporter on Thursday. We have I, I, Ingraven just DM'd us about something. We're probably going to be doing yeah, something. Yeah, I'm going to look at here. <laughs> All right. And so I tweeted this before I went out with a, with a steam full of smoke coming out. Right. Like anything goes this week. So I want you to find this tweet and tag or mention one big fish, whether it's in sports media, whether it's from a Houston standpoint, whether it's a Ravens legend, you name it. Tag Sarah and I and let us know who we should go after this week because I'm fired up. And who knows, if they win on Saturday, maybe we'll do another State of the Ravens the following week. You never know. Don't let me get in my bag. Well, first of all, <laughs> we need to get Ray Lewis. He already said he would. What we need to do, what you need to do, Bobby, is screen grab your DMs with him and put it out there. And everybody's going to have to tag him again. <laughs> the one that I'm working on, as you know, is Dalvin Cook. Yes. Who has said yes, but he wants me to set it up through his agent. And his agent, we're still working on it. So we're trying to Good. get Dalvin Cook. So this is this is like the behind, behind the scenes stuff, right? People saw publicly that Ray Lewis said yes, but then it's like, does it come to fruition? Dalvin Cook has said yes to me. 
I'm working on it. Is it going to come to fruition? This is that you like you get out a hundred requests. You might get 10 that say yes. And then of those tens that say yes, maybe like four or five actually come through. So this yep. is why you just have to keep on asking. But we know how the Steve thing was, was Steve Young was thrown over, um, you know, um, got, got that across the finish line. And then how yeah. Ray even responded to me, it was you guys yeah. that were being active on Twitter. So, you know, if you see that tweet or don't see that tweet, if you want to tag somebody and get that conversation moving again, because Ray has gone dark over DMs and Hey, guess what? He's going to be on tonight's broadcast. This, 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 uh, the, yes, the Eagles, Buc the Eagles Buccaneers game. He's one of the oh. guests tonight. So, you know, like, obviously he's got plenty going on. He's not purposely ignoring me. I don't no, think. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, anyway, if you guys are inspired by anybody and want them specifically, we, we could use always a little bit of help in the recruiting department. So as always, we want to be sure to shout out and thank our newest patron. Jeremiah Hoagland is supporting what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond through Patreon this month. And we appreciate him. So, Thank you, Jeremiah. And if you guys are interested in doing the same for as little as $1.99 or $4.99 for a monthly shout out, uh, so on and so forth, all the way up to $49.99 for our small business level tier, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. So this will serve as our Tuesday morning vault. We'll have, of course, news throughout the week. We'll have John McClain on. And who knows? Maybe we'll land a big fish this week getting ready for divisional round weekend. So it's Saturday kickoff at 430. If you're looking for pregame plans, I'm going to be out at Be More Around Town. As always, where I am for all pregame locations outside the bank, 801 West Austin. Jimmy Smith is going to be making his return to the, the pregame show, yes. as will Ed Dixon and uh, Jermaine Lewis. So those are your three Ravens legends for, for that. And, uh, yeah, anything else from you? I don't think so. Cool. Well, we appreciate you guys. We'll open up the lines another time. We're trying to keep, stick to the whole format for your morning vault. And uh, appreciate everything. Appreciate Ride Thoroughbred for sponsoring this episode. And we will talk to you guys on Wednesday morning, if not before. Who knows? We'll see what this week becomes. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Bye.